Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Greetings, Dallas. It's good to be with you all again. We were here in January uh, at Prayer Mountain. We host uh, an annual prophetic conference there. I have always just, the Lord has always whispered in my ear, start the year in Dallas. And so... Probably as long as I have breath in my lungs, I'll start the year in Dallas. But we are going to be doing some television tomorrow at Daystar, a couple of shows. And God just orchestrated this gathering tonight. I did have a prophetic dream uh, last night that I'm going to unpack here today. Um, wanted to just share a little bit of where we have been on our journey uh, just in the Lord, as Claudia mentioned, we have been pastoring, we planted part of the Father ministry in Lakeland, Florida, uh, 10 years ago, we birthed it out of our living room, no money, no people, had just graduated Bible college, and God just in His goodness and in His grace allowed us to birth two campuses, one there in Lakeland, one in Winter Haven, and I had an encounter with the Lord at the end of last year. Uh, where the Lord said, I'm moving you to Charlotte. I'm going to remove every restraint. Uh, I've taught you about shepherding, about my heart, but I want you to go rebuild the broken altar of the Lord in America out of Charlotte. And so we moved July 1. Our ministry team is heading up, and we fully intend to step into uh, something that God is continuing to reveal uh, to the nation so that's a little bit of an update uh, from home. And then if you have been following us online, it's been a, a real unique season for us. Uh, we stepped off a plane uh, at the end of February. I, we were at a, uh, a, a conference in Canada called Battle for Canada. And we went up there. Any Canadians in here? We went up and, and battled with our Canadian brothers and sisters. It is freezing there. I mean, they, they rented out this big stadium that sat a few thousand people, and I don't know how they did it, but they just basically put wood over the ice. So, I mean, you just froze. Like, it was negative 15 outside, and as you're on the floor, I mean, I was wearing these shoes, and just your feet were frozen. But we were coming back, and the Lord spoke this. He whispered this in my ear. He said, Jeremiah, crisis creates the correct climate to call forth end-time messengers in the earth. Crisis creates the correct climate for end-time messengers to be released in the earth, just as certain plants have to have a certain climate or weather pattern to grow. When we were coming back from Canada, God just said, look for crisis. And so just fast forward there about a week, the COVID-19, hello, crisis uh, begins to break out. And we were scheduled to then head to Australia to their National Apostolic Conference where I was the keynote speaker. And it obviously by that time they started shutting things down. And so I got with my wife and I just said, honey, I feel that the Lord has mantled me for crisis 
I actually feel more alive right now than I've ever felt. I feel like God is about to raise up messengers that are geared for emergency. I feel like there's a lot of people that have been attending church all their life don't feel like they fit in. They might have tried church, but now they're actually going to try Jesus. And so... It was up out of just that conversation that we had that in Lakeland throughout this pandemic, we hosted four weeks of revival. And so I want to share just a little bit of our journey because I know in Florida, when Governor DeSantis was interviewed about his role concerning the church, his response was, I have no business telling the church when they can meet and not meet. So in Florida, for us, it never shut down. And so I've been greeting some folks saying, you know, greetings from the front line. We, we have been in a battle, and we realize when we begin to host these weeks of revival, literally thousands of people from all over the United States. I mean, I'm talking groups from Wyoming, groups from Maine, groups from Texas. Some of you came. I mean, just literally flooded Lakeland, Florida. We hosted nightly meetings. Tens of thousands joined us online. And God just began to work the miraculous, to work salvation. And, you know, it's the strangest thing ever. You, you like get persecuted for going to church. Like, who would have ever thought that we would live in a time and season where you're shamed and ridiculed, ridiculed for walking in the door of a church? Right? So we can protest by the thousands, but there's a limit on how much we can have in church. So I've just been telling people, welcome to the protest. We're here to protest the kingdom of darkness and declare the kingdom of light to the nation. So welcome to the protest. So coming out of that season there in Lakeland, just on the front lines, just watching God do incredible things, I got a call from a pastor in California, and he said, Jeremiah, you've got to come to California. We're going to meet. I don't care if the, the police come. We get kicked out. We just want God. And I said, amen, let's do it. And so last weekend, about seven to eight days ago, we flew out to California and Lancaster. And I'm literally telling you, they came. The average person that attended those meetings drove five hours one way. They came from San Francisco, San Diego. There was a couple who drew, who drove eight hours from Utah. Found out I was then preaching in Phoenix the next day. Rather than go home, they drove into LAX, parked their car, flew on an airplane, and met us in Arizona. Folks, hunger looks like something. We could talk about the book of Acts and revival history, but hunger looks like something. And even in California, I made a statement to them. You know, where we go, people say, well, why would anyone want to live in California? They should get out of there. They should move. When I'm preaching and talking to them about how much the East Coast people think Californians are soft, I'm telling you, something went off in that meeting where they began to roar. I mean, they might have begun to rage, but I mean, something 
something like a bomb went off in that meeting that was so powerful. And then we shifted to Phoenix, Arizona. So there's a fire, there's an intensity, there's a desire, there's a burden that I'm carrying for our nation. But I always want to be sensitive when I travel into a city If the Lord has something to say to a certain city, I want to make sure that I deliver the mail, if you will. So tonight, what I'm going to share is just something that God began to unpack to me in a dream last night. If you don't follow our ministry, my mom had a dream when I was in her womb to name me Jeremiah. She said that I would travel, that I would write books, much of what I'm doing now but that Satan would try to kill me multiple times in my life. I was born dead. She almost died at my birth. I was known as a miracle baby in the hospital. I grew up in a supernatural environment where I began to dream at seven years old. And I honestly don't remember a night where I don't dream. And so for me, it's like Johnson's here, another dream. But I just want to follow the Lord. I want to be sensitive to what He's doing. Is that okay? All right. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank You for every person that You brought here. We thank You that no one is here by mistake. Even one that walked in and thought, what in the world is this? Lord, we're asking, Holy Spirit, that You would draw each heart, that You would anoint our ears and our eyes to hear and see what Your Spirit is saying and doing. Lord, we lift up Dallas. We thank You that there's destiny here. Destiny for a nation. In Jesus' name. If you have in your Bibles, would you turn to Daniel chapter 7? Daniel chapter 7. I want to greet pastors here. Do we have great pastors, the Eckers? Can we give them a round of applause? Thank God for leaders in the body of Christ who love Jesus and just want what He wants. Thank you for hosting us and and having us. So in this dream last night, there was a glass ceiling all over Dallas. So there was the city of Dallas here, and there was like a glass ceiling like you're looking at a roof right now. And I noticed that above the glass ceiling was something like an entertainment park, almost like a casino. And God began to speak to me in the dream that there's a glass ceiling above Dallas, and I want you to go and begin to deal with the entertainment spirit over Dallas. I believe this is what the, what the, the casino, more of the entertainment, like something is locked up that I want you to go and deal with. And so I went up into this, this place, if you will, above Dallas, and I found myself at a particular slot machine. Now, I, again, I'm just giving you what God gave me. If this is just, oh, he's a gambler, he's a, we get all the hate mail. I don't gamble, I don't, it's not my subconscious or, or whatever. But I go up there and there's a, a large slot machine and I won't mention who they are, but I noticed several churches and ministries 
pastors and leaders representative of Dallas. And they're all frustrated and they're all upset because on this slot machine, they need three different objects in a row. One, two, three to come together so that they can hit the jackpot, if you will. And the more that they pull these slot machines, it's, it's, it's not, not a, a match. It's an orange. It's an apple. And God begins to talk to me about so many agendas in Dallas. So many different desires. So many different perspectives. There's a lack of agreement corporately in many places over Dallas. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I walked up to the slot machine and I pulled it. And when I pulled it, what appeared on the, the slot was 777. And God spoke to me in the dream and said, I will settle for nothing less than my perfection in Dallas. God's heart for this city is that He will settle for nothing less then divine agreement as that 777 hit, that glass ceiling shattered over Dallas. That glass ceiling shattered and there was such an eruption from the, the churches, from the ministries. And I just asked the Lord, how did it hit 777? And He said to me, my people in Dallas died to when it comes, to where it comes, and to whom it comes through. To where it comes, well, I want revival at my church, but if it hits down the road, no thanks. To whom it comes through, well, I really need it to come through a man or woman that I really agree with their theology and everything. Die to whom it comes through and when it comes through. Can we tarry in the place of prayer? Can we contend in the secret place till God is poured out? So I believe that I'm here tonight by just way of a revelation and dream to speak out over the city of Dallas a message of 777 that God is going to bring this city into divine alignment. That even all over the earth, we're in a divine reset. Please don't tell me you think drive-through church is actually going to heal the wounds of a nation. Please look on your television and then look at your church service and tell me that three songs and a nice message is what's going to win this nation to the Lord. No, we need a divine reset. We need men and women in the church in Dallas, we need a remnant who is going to sell out to the purposes of God, who are going to become lovers of the truth. How's the protest going? It's like this Philistine spirit is calling out in America. It's like Goliath is shouting over the church of Jesus Christ. Goliath is shouting from the abortion clinic, 
I'm essential and you're not. He's shouting from the liquor stores. I'm essential and you're not. You know, the terrifying thing is no one in the church is upset. Oh well. I guess we'll just get back to church whenever we can. Oh brother, it's not about the corporate church. Where We are the church. Well, how's that worked out for you? You heard of any neighborhoods being one to the Lord in a day? You heard about any all-night prayer and worship gatherings in houses? I, I, I haven't. We get around pretty much. So what if God is using COVID-19 to expose the church? What if He's drawing a line in the sand and He's saying, you can never go back there. Is there a David? Is there a Davidic company in America who is going to hear the voice of the Philistine and something goes off on the inside of them that would say, who is this that dares to defy the church of Jesus Christ? As the devil is raging, He's speaking out in our nation and the church doesn't have a voice. How we doing? Daniel 7. We're going to read Daniel 7. We're going to read Acts 7. And we're going to read Revelation 7. Never done this before. When I asked the Lord, what is the 777? He said, Daniel 7. He said, Acts 7. And he said, Revelation 7. Again, I believe there's a divine invitation over Dallas to begin to pray into, fast into, contend into what I'm sharing tonight from a prophetic perspective. Daniel 7. Daniel is just coming out of in chapter 6, literally watching God shut the mouths of the lions. He's just been thrown down into the lion's den. Daniel was a man who was put in Babylon, but the spirit of Babylon did not reside in him. Are there any Christians here tonight, though you live in a type of Babylon called America, I know I just offended some of you, though you live in a type of Babylon, the spirit of Babylon has not got inside of you because you have separated. The Lord said to me in the midst of the quarantine, in the midst of the silence, I'm looking for a people to make spiritual violence. In the midst of the silence, I'm looking for a people who are going to make spiritual violence. So again, whether you could gather corporately at church or you met in your home, I believe that there was a divine window. Hello, it's still open where God is calling to His bride. He's calling to the remnant saying, now is the time. Take a look at the world around you and then look at a prayerless, powerless church. Look at the sermonettes that produce Christianettes. Well, brother, we're going to just 
get out there and win them to the Lord in the streets. Well, that's great, but listen, we need some Christians in the church to actually get saved. We need a kind of gospel, the real gospel of Jesus Christ that confronts sin. You cannot habitually and continually live in sin and claim to be born again. Homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, however sexual you want to get, if it's not done in covenant, one man or one woman, it's an abomination to the Lord. Well, brother, this is some hard preaching. No, this is love from your heavenly Father, not a sugar daddy. This is not a sugar daddy gospel where we come. This is not Jesus as a salt and pepper shaker that adds flavor to my life. Jesus Christ is the life. He is the way. He is the truth. He's looking for a people who are going to stop being fence riders. Get off the fence. Get some discernment. Shut off the television and the media and get anchored in the Word of God. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-double-edged sword. As our brother Corey Russell says, God is not boring. You are. Well, brother, church better be an hour because I got things to do. That's funny. Then you go to the movies on Friday and sit there for two hours and don't blink. So is it church is too long or really we're bound in idolatry? Honestly, kind of wish COVID hit during football season. We, we'd see what God you really serve. We're, re- we're willing and ready to get rioting, losing our mind, going crazy about anything else than the person of Christ. I want to call a generation as we exit out of this time of COVID-19 to radically and to unapologetically Dive into the deeper things of God. The Holy Spirit in this hour, He's brooding over the church. He's inviting us out of the shallows, out of the shadows, into the deep things of God. How many of us know that the deeper we go in God, the less we can take with us? There's something about that encounter with the love of the Father that just unravels and undoes us where it's not, oh man, what does He want more? It's thank you God for this opportunity I get to. Alright, I'm just getting wound up. How we doing? I know you didn't come out Tuesday night for some croutons. Look at Daniel 6.25. Daniel is spared from the lion's den. 
Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all of the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I believe that obedience to the Lord, even in the midst of trial and persecution, is going to pave the way for pagan kings to exalt the supremacy of Jesus Christ. It was Daniel's obedience to the Lord that got him thrown in a lion's den. And when those lions didn't grab him up and eat him, Darius arose and made a governmental decree that an entire nation would worship Yahweh God. How many of you want to see Dallas bow their knee? to the King of kings and Lord of lords. You might have to start operating out of the box. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions. I'm telling you what's been happening in the church during COVID-19 is called the silence of the lambs. We've got a silence of the Lamb's flick going on in the American church and God is roaring over His people saying, I am looking for some lions and some lionesses. I am looking for people that have encountered me to such a deep degree that even death itself does not scare them. See, part of my training in the prophetic is I lived in a leper colony. I went to India for six months and lived with lepers, lost 40 pounds. Any UFC fighters, it's called ground and pound. Like where the Lord Jesus grounds and pounds you. Like He crushes the ambition and the pride and anything in you that wants to exalt yourself. I'm in India. I'm around leprosy. And then COVID hits. You think I'm afraid of COVID? No, I lived in a leper colony. Willingly. I don't care if I die. Listen, folks, I believe that the fresh fire of God is going to fall in America. I believe that a remnant, a pure and spotless pride are going to get the Lamb of God so deep down on the inside of them that they do not love their life as much as they're willing to die. I'm telling you, it's the place of encounter. It's the place of intimacy. It's the place of dying and crushing that produces the life of Jesus Christ that we so desperately need in this generation. remember preaching out of church in April. God bless them. Like, yeah, bring that wild guy over here. 
We show up to the church, everybody has masks on, everybody's social distancing, you know, they're just trying to get away from each other. It was a Sunday morning, Sunday night, I just got up there on Sunday morning and let it rip. You know, I found interesting that night there were no masks in the sanctuary. There was no social distancing. The power and glory of God fell. People are looking for men and women of courage. Paul said, if I'm in my right mind, it's for you. But if I'm out of my mind, it's for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, God is looking for a remnant in the earth who are a couple french fries short of a Happy Meal. They've got a couple of screws loose. I mean, we're talking about Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's glorious. He's wonderful. He's worthy of all honor and all glory and all praise. Lord, we want you to get the full inheritance of your suffering in the earth. Some of you in here, you didn't get delivered from drugs and alcohol and fornication. You lavishly live the things of the world, yet you sit in church and rot on a pew. You were a wild one for the devil, and now you've become a domesticated kitty cat. You were not purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ for three songs and a nice message. You weren't purchased with the Christ to be addicted and then still be addicted. A pandemic, folks, we've got a porn-demic. We've been working with so many men and young people literally during this time. That's why I have an urgency. There's a window in the earth where the church is just falling asleep. We just let Goliath rage and roar over this nation. And I'm looking around saying, Lord, where are the Davids? Oh, that's right. It's called social media. Oh, yeah. We've got a generation ready to kill Goliath in public, who's never slain the lion or bear in private. Yeah, we got a bunch of social media influencers that when you meet them in person, there's no word of the Lord. Just close your eyes for a minute. Come on, I hate the devil. He's whispering. Folks, he's not even whispering anymore. He's yelling. There's never been a time in history where the devil, he's not even trying to hide anymore. He's openly and defiantly laying out his agenda where much of the church is going... Better get me out of here in an hour. I pray that the Holy Spirit 
would begin to rattle and would begin to shake. I hope that you understand before the truth sets you free, it's going to make you angry. I hope you want to kill me after this meeting. Oh, brother, I thought I was every time I went to church, I was supposed to leave encouraged. Yeah, that's called false grace. How we do in Dallas. Lord, I want to see kingdoms and rulers and men and women with influence begin to make decrees like Darius made a decree. So in Daniel 7, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on the bed. Then he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. Now for the sake of time, I'm just going to sum it up for you. In this dream has this encounter of these four large beasts. And he's recognizing them as principalities and powers in the land. He says in verse 8, When I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn, a little one, came up among them. Three out of the first horns were pulled out of the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of the man, a mouth uttering great boasts. So he's encountering realm and it's boasting it's full of rage it's on the offensive and all of a sudden in verse 9 I want to key in here he says I kept until thrones were set up and the ancient of days took his seat his vesture was like white snow and the hair on his head was like pure wool his, his throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending to him. And myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat. The books were opened. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed time. If you know anything about Daniel, he has lots of visions. But I want to direct you to this. Even in the midst of the devil raging in his culture, the primary vision that he is caught up in is a vision of the Ancient of Days. I want to tell you, in a generation where the devil is raging in the streets, 
where if you submit your spirit to the media, that fear and that panic and that worldly thing creeps on you. The greatest need in the church today is a vision of the Ancient of Days. It's a vision of the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Father knowing that there is one whose kingdom is eternal. That even though the world is spinning out of control, there is grace to gaze upon the Son of Man. David said, I have set the Lord before me, therefore I shall not be shaken. Habakkuk says in chapter 3 that he learned how to tremble before the Lord so that when crisis comes, he's not trembling. The reason why the church is trembling and fearful and oh my gosh, what's happening is because we have not fostered a secret trembling lifestyle before the Lord where we know who our God is. I walk out of my house and say, devil, you liar. You deceiver. You've come to deceive the whole world. See, folks, you've got to realize we're in a war. We're in an all-out war right now. If you can't see that we're in a spiritual battle over this nation right now, you got to get a pulse and let's get you saved. There's an alarm that should be going off on the inside of you saying something is missing. And I'm telling you beyond programs, beyond pizza parties and video games and animal crackers, there is this glorious vision of the Son of God. And He has given us the Holy Spirit who is our escort into this divine romance that will free us and deliver us from the troubles of this life. God, give Dallas a vision of the Ancient of Days. The keeper of time. The one who is sovereign above all. Verse 13, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Can someone just shout hallelujah tonight? Come on, we've got to have a generation that gets caught up into the holy of holies. We've got to get a generation that is encountering Jesus Christ for who He really is. Verses 15 through 24. Daniel reverts back into the visions of the beast, the demonic principalities and powers 
But what I want to highlight to you is verse 25. Daniel 7, 25. And he, who's he? He will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the Highest One. And he will intend to make alterations in times and in law. They will be given into his hand for a time, times and a half of time. But the court will sit for judgment and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated and destroyed forever. Hebrew calendar, we are in the year of the mouth. If you didn't know that, I'm just alerting that to you. Right now on the Hebrew calendar, we are in the year of the mouth. I believe that the two primary attacks that the devil is waging in this nation is an attack on authority, your mouth, and on the attack on time. I want you to hear me. The devil, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Please, you're not battling black and white Hispanic. You are wrestling against principalities and powers. Rulers in dark places. Please hear me. Donald Trump is not the savior of the world. Political figures will never solve spiritual issues. We have a sin problem. The depravity of humanity is raging in our culture. And truly the only hope of the world is the man Jesus Christ. His eyes burn with fire. His head is as white as wool. His dominion and His kingdom shall never end. This is your God. This is our Father. He sits above the circle of the earth and He laughs at His enemies. He's not up in heaven pacing about who's going to be the 2020 president. I'm telling you. People get angry with me. Listen. My allegiance as a prophet of the Lord is to Jesus Christ. It's not Democrat. It's not Republican. There's as much Trump worship in the church. They want to kill me everywhere I go. There's as much Trump worship in the church as there is wickedness and immorality in the world. Quiet in here. Folks, we need a vision of Jesus. We need the gospel of the good news. There's no justice without Jesus. We're going to see fraudulent, fake. We're going to see all these movements rise in the earth that actually oppose the true justice of Jesus Christ. 
I don't want to live in deception where I buy into an agenda where I'm putting forth some man or woman that truly I've lost my gaze. I pray that going into the 2020 election, we have a church who's recognized there's grace to gaze upon Jesus Christ. My hope and my trust is not in the one who sits in the Oval Office, but in the one who sits above the circle of the earth. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what party they're from. I vote biblical values. Like, I don't understand all these fights. Raise up Donald Duck. Make up your own political party. The Bible is pro-life. The Bible is pro-traditional marriage. The Bible is pro-Israel. It's really not that hard. Get out of the weeds. I feel like some of you, you're stuck in the weeds. I'm prophesying now, and the Lord is trying to give you clarity about the burden on your heart, and you're spending so much time on media that you're trying to get your cues from the world rather than divine intelligence from the throne room of God. I know you're hurting. I know you're upset. I know you're angry. But let's stop giving the world and media so much of our attention. So Daniel says, I, I see the devil speaking out. I'm telling you, we're living in a day and age where the devil is not hiding anymore. It's right in front of our faces. And as he rages against God, the church begins to be worn down. Saints, we travel all over this nation. We run into so many sick, so many depressed. I'm talking about before the pandemic. So many bound up, needing deliverance. I'm talking about from behind the pulpit. There's such a weariness that is trying to settle on the body of Christ. And in response, God is going to raise up end-time messengers. He's going to raise up men and women whose head is as hard as flint. There are voices about to be loosed in the church that have been trained in the wilderness. They will not bow down to an agenda or even a culture. They fear God more than they fear man. Went to the Lord in prayer and fasting several years ago. Said, Lord, the church is sleeping. He said, yeah, the deeper they sleep, the louder I'm going to yell. Anybody have kids in here? I've got four. Can you imagine being next to a highway and you've got a little one and one of them takes off and you see a semi coming? Don't you think you would yell, you would shout, you would go ballistic saying, Hey! 
Don't you think the love of the Father, the holy jealousy for His people, God's desire to have a pure and spotless bride, you don't think He's yelling out, the games aren't working. Your little conferences are really just pep rallies. You can dance around in altars and get drunk in the Spirit all you want. But if it doesn't translate into Monday to Friday encounter with God, it's not authentic. Oh God, I pray that we're not worshiping worship teams. I pray that we're not worshiping our emotions. I want real deal encounters with the Son of Man. See, I've been wounded. The divine wounding, the arrow that comes out of heaven that hits you in the heart and it creates a cavity of God inside of you that nothing will ever satisfy. I can't go back. And on some days it hurts because Lord, all my friends... And Lord, all the churches, oh God, I know that there's more. I'm praying that during this quarantine season, there's an army of arrows that are released from heaven that begin to pierce the hearts of men in this nation. My heart was pierced when I got a phone call five years ago that my brother was arrested. Grew up in the church a pastor's kid just like me could quote the scriptures, could sing the songs. The problem was he knew about God, but he didn't really know God. He straddled the fence for far too long. And some of us know when you play with fire, when you walk down a path of destruction, sometimes it ends bad. I remember crying in my closet knowing that he would go to a federal prison for a long time. Crying out to the Lord and something rose up inside of me and I said, you devil. I've been traveling and telling, I think there's a revelation in the church of love for Jesus, but I don't know there's a revelation yet of hatred of the devil. I said, you devil. I said, you might have got one Samuel, the name of my brother. But before he gets out, I'm going to raise up 10,000 Samuels in the earth. No, I'm going to make you pay. Some of us sitting in this room, you are letting the devil beat you up. You're letting him rage in your family. You're letting him destroy your sons and daughters. And God wants to put a spirit of fight in the church again. He wants to mantle us with his armor before it's too late. It's the nature of humanity. We don't wake up until it's too late. I counseled for 10 years and pastored. How many folks come in the doors of the church when it's already over? And they beg you for help and they beg you for counseling. And please save my kids, it's too late. There's an alarm that's going off in this nation. Will you answer the bell? 
And this isn't about pull your bootstraps up, legalism, Christianity. This is really about do you know who your father is? My God is Yahweh. He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's captains of heaven's armies. If God be for me, who can be against me? Devil, you shut up. We've got to silence the voice of the accuser in our lives. I want to give you permission tonight to wake up. I want to give you permission tonight to fight. But don't fight in your own strength. Fight in the strength that comes from the cross. I see this victorious warring bride. I see her dressed in a wedding dress. It's white. But I see commando boots on. In these circles, I've traveled them and I grew up in them. Intimacy, soaking, love, Father. When you start talking about the judgments of God, when you start talking about a warring, a, a, a mighty army, a hatred for the devil, people look at you like, huh? Who's that? Share the example, even how it manifests. We do so many prophetic conferences around the nation. People want to be trained and activated. I still don't really know what that means. <laughs> we had about 500 people. Sorry if I just kicked over something. 500 people show up the first night. Training and act, activation. Fire tunnels. Whatever. People just falling over. Praise the Lord. It was awesome, right? To end the meeting, we say, well, tomorrow we're actually going to teach on holiness. We're going to teach on character. Folks, less than 100 came. We announced at the end of the meeting, okay, tonight we're going to go back into the activation, you know, the prophetic, you know, get your word and whatever for the 50th time. Oh boy. Everybody's got a word these days. You don't need another word, just obey the one you already got. And we, oh my gosh, never mind. We announced that night, tonight we're going to get into the wilderness. We're going to talk about finding your real voice, dying to the ambition. Dying to the desire to have a following, but the Holy Spirit doesn't follow you kind of thing. It was not only less than 120 came. And if I told you the city, but I'm talking about one of the meccas of the prophetic. One of the zealous desires. Folks, this is terrifying. Why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because what if... And many of our charismatic circles were worshiping a God of our imagination and not the God of the Bible. Lord, I want to be sent to my city. Yeah, we can't send you unless you've learned how to bend. How can you represent the Lord of glory if you don't know Him? 
Oh, I'm gifted. Yeah, but if you don't have character, you're going to become collateral damage. The very spotlight that you crave is the very spotlight that's going to expose your porn addiction. I'm bringing us back to do we know who our God is? What America, what the church needs most in this hour is in the midst of the demonic, in the midst of the raging, in the midst of the weariness. God is looking for a people who know who their God is and they know how to speak forth who He really is to a culture. I said this year is the year of the mouth. I believe COVID-19 has come as a demonic attack from the devil to challenge the mouth of the church. I'm not here to argue about whether you should wear a mask or not. But I'm going to tell you, I believe the mask is symbolic. That the devil wants to shut the church up. He wants to bind you in fear because the devil knows when a triumphant bride rises in the earth with the authority of Jesus Christ, the devils are going to flee. Again, we need a roaring bride, not the silence of the lambs. God is going to raise up voices in this nation who are going to embolden the people of God. Who are going to encourage them that there's so much more. Who's going to recognize the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. Satan never counterfeits trash. I know that there were plenty of issues in the Word of Faith movement. But folks, we need some Word of Faith preaching in the church. We need the Word of God. If God said it, I believe it. I'm standing on it. I'm declaring it. I lost some of you. Oh, brother, they scam people. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. There's a war in America, the year of the mouth. How many of you heard the dream I had about Dr. Anthony Fauci? Got us a couple of death threats. It made it all the way to the White House. On March 30th, I had a dream where I was standing at a press conference. And at the press conference, Mike Pence, Donald Trump, and Dr. Anthony Fauci were there at the press conference. Donald Trump was giving a very hopeful word of encouragement to our nation concerning the virus. All of a sudden, to my amazement, Dr. Fauci on the stage turned into a big rat. Bewildered in the dream, I ran to the side of the stage 
and saw that there were Asian-looking businessmen in the back handing him large wads of cash. God said to me in the dream on March 30th, there is a demonic plot in this nation to turn Donald Trump into a puppet. Upon further research and study, we found out Fauci means mouth. You've got to track with me. We're in the year of the mouth on the Hebrew calendar. COVID-19 is released. However you feel about Donald Trump, let's just pray the Scriptures. We pray for those who are in authority. You should have prayed for Obama too. We pray for those who are in authority. God placed him in this nation as a voice of authority. He even declared, let's get back in church by Easter. So I wake up from this dream and say, oh my gosh, this is not what the media is portraying. This is actually a fight on the mouth. This is a war on authority. Upon further research, we found out in China, it, we are in the Chinese New Year of the rat. Now, am I bashing Dr. Fauci? No. What I'm telling you is our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Waking up from that dream, an alarm began to go off inside of me saying, oh my gosh, there is a war on the Word of the Lord, the voice of God, and what we're seeing Satan rage He's speaking out and he's looking at the church. He's looking at his bride saying, I love you. There's nothing more that Jesus Christ can do to demonstrate his love for us. He's looking at a bride saying, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on, what, what is all of this about tonight in Dallas? It's about calling on the bride in Dallas saying, come and take your place. The blood of Jesus has made a way for you to stand. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do not let your circumstances discourage you. One of the things that Corey Russell taught me years ago that was so helpful as a depressed church planner. Jeremiah. The places of your greatest warfare are the places of your greatest inheritance. Where the devil is attacking you the most is actually an indicator of where you're the most anointed. Some of you have been facing demonic attacks in your family, in your marriage, in this past season, and God is saying, hey... See, we have the upper hand. 
See, sometimes I don't know what God is doing, but I know what he's doing because I see what the devil is attacking. You can't lose. Did you catch that? See, sometimes I can't really discern what God is doing, but if I see what the devil is doing, I know God is about to counteract. Let the bride of Dallas arise. The glass ceiling is broken. Seven, seven, seven is your portion. In the midst of the chaos and the destruction, even in America, God is saying, let the bride come forth. You have a voice. I love it. Change my prayer life. I went from a young pastor who just struggled because I knew that I had to pray to one day when I woke up at 6 a.m., the Father said to me, Jeremiah, I love the sound of your voice. I went from a, I went from a little worn out, little pastor to the reason why I went to the prayer meeting is because I couldn't wait to spend time with Dad. Your voice matters. Some of you, there's been a war on your voice and you don't even know it. And by the time you leave tonight, we're going to bind the strong man off of your life and get you free. Some of you need air. You're under demonic attack. You feel depressed and discouraged. It's a spirit of heaviness that you need deliverance from. I'm telling you, so many folks that I've worked with, they don't even know they're in spiritual warfare. They're just walking around, oh, well, I guess everybody should be sick. I guess my life should suck. Yeah, church is miserable. Praise the Lord, it doesn't help my porn addiction. We're just settling. I'm, I'm here to call you higher. I'm here to speak to your identity. I'm here to remind you of your authority in Christ. There's a war on authority. There's a war on the mouth. And then it says he will intend to make alterations in times. Early on in April, I had a dream where the Lord said to me, watch the lockdowns. There is a fight in the earth over the timing of God. I begin to prophesy that there's a demonic agenda in America to thwart the timing of God by keeping cities and regions locked down longer than God desires. So if we recognize the fight on authority, if we recognize there's a fight on the timing of God, the devil wants to wear you down so badly that when God is calling you, you're in the wrong season. You ever had that happen? Where you knew the Lord wanted you and you weren't ready because you failed to prepare. Literally, we need to rise as the bride and take authority and demand that America, one nation under God. 
the divine Lord in every city and every nation where your timing, remember, He's the Ancient of Days. He is the Keeper of the time. Lord, if I'm behind, if I wait, some of you, you're tonight like, man, the last 60 days, I'm not where I want to be. I've got news for you tonight. He is a God that redeems the time. He is a God who will take back what the locusts stole from you. There's a divine window and moment over Dallas tonight where I believe we can break the spirit of the robber. I want to break delay off of your life. Some of you are past due. If you don't get that baby out, it's going to die in the womb. Oh, and then he's going to change the laws. Good, let's defund the police. Folks, are you, are you awake tonight? I am literally exposing by the Word of God demonic principalities and powers that are raging in this nation. Get out of ground warfare. Get out of Fox News, CNN, whoever your favorite political commentator is. I'm inviting you, come up higher. Begin to get fresh oxygen from heaven. Begin to find your voice again. Begin to come into alignment with the purposes of God. Recognize that there's a demonic agenda in America. There is a spirit of lawlessness that does not want to be told what to do. If you look on the news, you're just watching individuals whose parents never spanked them. Whose parents never told them no. You're not going to tell me what to do. Oh, I can't have your store. Good, I'm going to break in and steal it. You're just witnessing a spirit of lawlessness. And again, it's preying upon a real wound in a generation. I'm sorry, racism is real. I believe the pain is valid. But what the devil loves to do, he needs a host. So he comes into America and he sees the wound of a nation. And I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you, the purposes of God is this. Out of the wound will come the womb. I'm telling you, out of the wound of racism in this nation, God is looking for a people who will birth a womb of unity, a womb of reconciliation. God is going to raise up men and women of every race and creed for the glory of God. I do not want to give Him one single foothold in my life. I'm telling you tonight, it's time to serve Him notice. I'm telling you by the authority of Jesus Christ, you've got to kick the squatter out. 
I feel the devil is squatting in some corners of your life and God is releasing a winnowing fork tonight and He is about to grab hold of any area in your life that's resisting love. The affection of the Father that's transformational. He died for it all. Let's willingly surrender to Him as the bride. Amen? Just two more minutes. Flip over to Acts 7. He said, Daniel 7, he said, Acts 7. Now again, when I woke up, I had no idea how this was going to, to connect. But let me just show you real quick in Acts 7. If you remember, Stephen is stoned. So again, again, in Daniel 7, the devil is speaking out. He's raging against the Lord. He's wearing down the saints. We didn't get to it, but in Daniel 11, Daniel says in Daniel 11 that God will raise up a strong people who will, know, who will know who their God is. They will be people of understanding. But here in Acts 7, look at verse 54. In Acts 7, Stephen is stoned. And what does he do in the midst of persecution? He gives them one of the greatest sermons in the whole New Testament. You don't know the history of Acts 7. Stephen literally stands before the rage of Satan and he unveils the glorious person of Jesus from the law, the Psalms to the prophets. Now when they heard this in 54, they were cut to the quick. Whatever that means. And they began gnashing their teeth. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he decided to run and hide. He decided to watch Netflix and porn during the pandemic. Just picture yourself for a second. You finally took a step school on your college campus at work. Spirit of boldness that came on you, you declared Christ. The rage comes. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. And he, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears and they rushed him upon him in one impulse. They had driven him out of the city. They stoned him and the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of young Paul. We know that Saul saw a great light road to Damascus. But I have to believe that a seed was sown in his heart as an unbeliever just like King Darius in Daniel's day. I'm telling you, you have no clue who's watching you. One act of boldness and courage over the course of history, has won wars, has won battles. It's time for the church to take the narrative back in America. 
we have allowed the principalities and powers that Jesus Christ already defeated. If they can gather one million in D.C. over racial division, why can't we gather ten million for whatever burdens your heart? Oh, saints. He died for us. A glorious, spotless bride. Turn to Revelation 7 and we'll close really quick. I feel a spirit of deliverance and breakthrough here tonight. I believe that God wants to cut the chains. He wants to cut the cords. I believe that dreams are going to be realized. A spirit of delay is going to be broken off of your life. I believe that God is going to call forth end time messengers out of Dallas into every sphere of society. Revelation 7, 777, verse 9. After these things I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and all peoples and all tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might. I just wonder tomorrow morning or even tonight if we got out of our beds and rather than Facebook or turn on the news, we just turned to God and said, be all blessing and honor and glory and power and strength. For no matter what rages around me, I am inheriting a kingdom that will never be shaken. And one of the elders answered saying to me, these who are clothed in the white robe, who are they and from what and where have they come? And I said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His temple. I'm telling you the church has been through some kind of tribulation lately. But I'm prophesying to you that a glorious, pure, triumphant bride is emerging that knows who their God is. That have found strength in Him. That are over the games and the fence riding. I pray that we can come in covenant together in this nation and say never again. Never again will I hear the 
Philistine shouting from the abortion clinics and the liquor stores to the church. I'm more important. Never again am I going to hear it and just go stuff myself with Netflix and shopping and whatever else. Never again. Let's make an oath. Let's make a promise. Let's come into corporate agreement with the Lord tonight. Let's lay an altar before Him saying, God, would You release a holy rumble in Dallas? God, I'm believing that the face of the American church will be changed forever. Lord, we're decreeing that three songs and a nice message is over. Lord, we ask that You would release arrows from heaven, a divine wounding. Lord, raise up musicians and singers who will sing the song of heaven, who will woo the bridegroom to the bride. Lord, I'm asking for a shaking. I'm asking for an awakening. God, press down, shaken together, pouring forth. Lord, I bind the fear of man in my life. God, I'm asking that You would deliver me from the opinions of people. God, I break the spirit of delay off of every person in this room. If you have a prayer language, pray with me in the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's make this a chamber of encounter.